Sternenhimmel, Sternenhimmel. You are listening to Emma's Pons, a legacy podcast. A show where three handsome guys talk about their favorite magic the gathering format, legacy. This show is brought to you by queernessatanycast.com and austrian-legacy.com. You can support the show at patreon.com slash response underscore legacy. And now, lean back and enjoy. favorite magic card and you of in response a legacy podcast i'm philip klein i am daniel and i'm peter plank and we're talking about legacy most of the time this time we are already free persons again yeah because peter is not sick again <laughs> oh my gosh it's, it's great that you're here finally again and that we didn't have to postpone our session this time <laughs> and for this very special occasion i have a surprise for all of you guys wait what yes you've got a surprise oh keep your pants on keep your pants on please Daniel. i have a present for you oh my god that doesn't get any better <laughs> because we participated in a kickstarter project of the professor And you you have to act a little bit surprised because you, you can mean, see the, you can see the present right now in front of you. Oh my gosh! I totally <laughs> forgot about this because it, it took ages to arrive. Officially, I can I can give you the academic uh, booster box with a size morph divider inside. Oh my gosh! We 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 would have. Yeah, here we go. We would have needed to do an unboxing or something. Hashtag yeah. would like to be sponsored, but we are not. Yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. This, 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 this was a, an investment that we did uh, as a in-response team. And finally, the boxes, I think it was in November or, or, or I don't know, even even. Uh, I October, think it was in July, about July, almost yeah. a year ago. Yeah. These these things still really take a lot of time. But first, let me take a selfie so I can post it on Twitter. <laughs> you, 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 you can post. You can post it. I do this right now. Yeah. I mean, for right. for, for those Kickstarter stuff, it's mm -hmm. it's most like a year. Mm -hmm. It's on average a year that yeah. it will arrive at the customer because it's like personally produced for everyone, not yeah. with a personal signature, but yeah. one piece for yeah. one guy. So it's And For for anyone that didn't notice this was uh, going on, I mean, it was pretty pretty loud, but still, um, this is a, a special designed uh, uh, deck box in cooperation with Game Genic, um, uh, yeah, magic accessory uh, producing company, and together with the professor from Tularian Community College, and they designed what he thinks would be the best. Yeah, kind of deck magic box or deck possible, box think, possible yeah. for himself uh, that covers any need that you might have uh, in terms of playing going to your FNMs or uh, to any to tournament open this up right now yeah we can do an unboxing real quick but <laughs> oh let's open it up oh uh, fuck uh, I don't have a knife with myself yeah and, and for him he's like basically the expert in accessories he did yeah. a lot of reviews of various yes. uh, deck boxes and stuff like mm -hmm. that and this was basically a dream come true for, for him because yes. it's like mm -hmm. the deck box that he wants to to Damn go to child security <laughs> and that, yeah i i got to play with the deck box last week already um i uh, because i received it i think two weeks ago and i gotta say um my first impression it's quite positive okay so this I mean, it is a very big deck box for sure. It's a very big yeah, deck box. But it is very functional, and what you what you also get is uh, a bunch of tokens uh, as a thank you, and it is very flexible. Just opening up. Okay. Do a little unboxing here. Uh, unfortunately, not on camera, but we are doing it on the cast. Yeah. So at first, there's a token like thank you for support from the professor. It's numbered with, I've got the number, mm -hmm. 15,506, which is pretty awesome, actually. I like it that it's numbered. 
Uh, then we have some some. Yeah, this uh, is a blank. This is an uh, an erasable token that you yeah. can can you can wipe it off. I think with a with a with a, with a, a cloth. Wet cloth. Mm, yeah. Yeah, okay. a dry erase pad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I've got one, two, three, four, and five merfolk tokens. Mm -hmm. Pretty, one? pretty, uh, like uh, very specific. Specific for for the professor because he really likes merfolk. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's a very, very big uh, merfolk player. Therefore, <coughs> uh, merfolk tokens. I can, I can totally see this. And then we've got five foil treasure tokens with a beautiful, beautiful uh, black lotus and clan uh, community college. This is what I'm very excited about. Um, book on it it's very beautiful i okay. think i can totally see myself playing them mm -hmm. those are gorgeous yeah they, these are pretty really pretty mm -hmm. I, I mean i'm a pain to play on myself so, so do you have I, I have trash tokens and <laughs> i recently bought myself some from the free one shop mm -hmm. which oh, i liked but those are better they are really really gorgeous yeah. they have the the brownish color a little bit from old school magic cards yeah I, I really like them. Do you also think that these silica gel packages yeah. are... Yeah. They are for fur cuts. <laughs> it always says do not eat on them. I mean, who in the right mind would eat this? I don't know. <laughs> that, that, that has to be some kind of, of American thing where they have to put the warning labels on everything because they don't want to get sued. I mean, I don't know. It can happen in any country, I guess. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Ah, and, a I mean, one. I think there was a story around where a few kids made themselves like the silicon pads, mm -hmm. uh, but made uh, gum into them and produced them. Mm -hmm. And they ate them all over Halloween okay. and feared the crap out of the teachers that, and stuff. That oh, is strange, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I will probably play with the stack box next Oh fuck, not on next Friday because there's a <laughs> the pre-release. Oh, the next thing. <laughs> but oh, for the pre-release you can put them in, into this basket like the sleeves. Then you can put yeah. in your whole seal pool in the big you pack. Do you, you can... know what was the last pre-release I played in? <laughs> <laughs> Shards of Alara. <laughs> no, not that Seven far. edition. But I think it was about Was it Cards of Tarkir? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean That's... the last pre-release was basically I think the the last pre-release <laughs> I mean uh, I occasionally go to to play the pre-releases together with a good friend because yeah. we like do then the two-headed giant and play there because yeah, that's, that's this the is the only thing I really like about pre-releases yeah. two-headed giant because two-headed giant is such a really nice format to play we, already, we also tried a two-headed giant legacy tournament I think three to four years ago yeah uh, it was it's hella fun but it was so broken <laughs> Yeah, and I think for, for nowadays it would be kind of interesting because you can play like Doomsday mm. and win with Tassos Oracle in Legacy, which is basically easier. Uh, but but two at a giant for previous oh, really is like this box. a very, very distinct format. Sometimes you have those gr really, really <laughs> grindy cards, um, but there is always the one drop, two drop deck. Mm. Where you can play like both in in two colors and stuff like that and jam into your opponents, and Should the the format is so player draw dependent. Yeah. Should this the, the uh, how do I call it the the, lid. the cover the lid? Yeah. Should this be like a little play mat or something? Um, you can you can put it on the on the uh, bottom and then you can cover it from from that side. You can basically oh, switch it around, you know. Wow, that that's nice. You can have it open or closed in that sense. It's not a playmat, no. Okay. But I think you could use it. I mean, I'm um, I have to be so, do I'm, it like that. If, if you play combo, you don't need much yeah. space. Yeah, <laughs> because my, I don't need much space. Okay, I, I need Phoenix. a lot of space if I play trash. <laughs> I'm I'm really curious what you think about this this uh so really really go ahead and play with it. Then we, I really want to hear your opinions. Oh yeah, for sure. I I have I have mine. I think a little bit set at the moment. Okay. Because I got to, got to. But uh, yeah. Basically, we'll we will keep you up to date. Yeah. In the next episode. I think so. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, we will get some matches in until then because it's not so easy with all the pre-releases going on. <laughs> I think we are having now yeah. six to eight pre-releases in a year. Probably. Right? Probably. Something yeah. around that. Yeah. So. I just um, hope it won't get more. 
we definitely need to thank our patrons at this point really quick <laughs> to make Gino. this possible because they paid off no no no, no, they no don't no, pay no. for all no 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 <laughs> it is it is chino who also got one of this kickbo- uh, kickstarter box and matt duncan thank you for your support and i think now we should uh, dive into one of the main topics that is also the title of this episode legacy what is your favorite magic card of all time related to you Kind of. Yeah, because uh, we decided upon this uh, this topic because there's a recent Twitter trend uh, running around. It's like you and your favorite magic card. So you post a photo of you and then uh, then a picture of your favorite magic card. And it actually got me a little bit thinking um, about my past. Uh, don't want to say decision, but my past choices for a favorite card because. My my first instinct was like um, I really want to put uh, Bird Alive or Arclight Phoenix in it, mm. but actually I I really love to play with them, but I also love to play other decks and every other deck that uh, or, or a card that holds all these decks together yep. is probably Dark Ritual. Mm. It's it's a little bit of an mm, kind of uh, I don't want to say understatement or underplay it, it flies more under the radar of of my most loved cards but it's it certainly is the glue of all these decks that's the thing because oftentimes when people are talking about certain decks or strategies they don't look at oh nice have, have a look at this strong card it is produced free black mana for only one it is more like okay you can cast buried alive on turn one and then you get three phoenix it's like the outcome that is more focused on or you cast doomsday and then yeah. you win with fastest oracle <laughs> but i think one of the 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 biggest like key um almost skills for for um for a good magic player is to recognize that cards like dark ritual as the real powerhouse of a yeah. card not like oh nice i have three phoenixes yeah but it would not be possible without dark ritual yeah. and this this enablers or this little value engine that you would kind of take for granted a little bit yeah that, that, that's the reason you yeah, take it for okay, granted yeah, nice, uh, three mana yeah um this is really you need to appreciate it and you really need to you really need to yeah recognize that this is the the powerhouse of of, of effect that that is really like on legacy level and strong so i definitely agree and think that this card very much suits you yeah for sure a, a lot of your decks that you play it is oftentimes a dark ritual deck yeah yeah because um i don't know if we talked about it in the last episode but I'm already. I'm recently trying out this SPP into the Abyss Storm, and that's again a Dark Ritual deck. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I've tr- I, I still need to try uh, Ant because I s- still haven't played it. You, you, you did <coughs> not. Did you play any other Storm variant except for this uh, Peter Storm? Um, In the past, Mono Red Storm. Um, oh, Goblin I think Storm. you toyed around a little bit with Tess, but very, oh. very briefly. Very, very briefly. I tried around with a Breach also, with Cheskai Breach. Okay. And. But not really uh, a Dark Ritual Storm not deck. Not Dark Ritual Storm deck, but uh, Dark Ritual is is in almost every one of my other decks. It's like in, it's like in this, this Esper Storm deck, it's in. Um, Phoenix, it's in uh, what? What have I brewed up? Uh, um, oh my gosh, I brewed up a dark ritual bird alive into something kind of fair, yeah. <laughs> which is off. Absolutely I mean, off. you had like uh, this habit of this Phoenix variants where you have uh, the possibility of, of burning wish into tendrils. Yeah, that, that's my normal Phoenix yeah, deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can play. A reasonable kind of storm strategy at some point, but it's not a dedicated storm deck, of course. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, but maybe yeah, you also, should maybe you should try. Yeah, for sure. And also, um, Oops Old Spells is also a dark ritual deck. Yes. And I already tried around with every kind of of tin fins, mm-hmm. which are always dark rituals. And this is just, I, I gotta say, it, all tin fins variants are dear 
a close and dear to my heart because they're just so wacky and off the wall and yeah. just so great. And also I had this um, Mono Black Death. Oh yeah. Which was um, basically two card Monty. Uh, all the Mono Black combos into one legacy deck uh, shoved in and it's also a Dark Ritual deck. And there you had the, the really nice opportunity to go for the old Iggy Pop line. I don't know. I mean, you as a Storm Aficionado probably know. Gates. Do you know the Iggy Pop line? I, I don't know the line, but I know it's Ilgotten Gates. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Ilgotten Gates for, for listeners, uh, everyone who doesn't know it. It's you return three cards from your graveyard both, or something? Both, yeah, both players, players discard their hand yeah. and return three cards from their graveyard to the hand for four mana and it's a sorcery. And what basically happens is you've got... Um, lead, lead, and another ill-gotten gains or something like that. Uh, LED, LED, and uh, Infernal Tutor. And then you crack both LEDs, play the Infernal Tutor, get ill-gotten gains. Then you have um, six mana. Yeah. And then you do this uh, again. So you play then the ill-gotten gains, you have zero mana uh, up. Yeah. Or have something like that. And then you can... Use and the tutor get, for tendrils. Yeah, and then you can yeah. basically you, you, storm you get chain. You, you chain first ill-gotten gains and uh, lands of diamonds, these three yeah. cards all the time, until you have enough storm, and then you go with the six mana tutor for tendrils. Yeah. Kind of this combo. That's the, that's the old way of storming, of storming out before, I think, before Past in Flames. Yeah, uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Past in Flames is arguably still... Better because yeah, you, need, sure. you need two lads, which is very, very difficult. And you lose against the force and a blue card in your opponent's graveyard. Yeah, but, but that, that was really the Because nice you played Leyline. Yeah, you, because we played Leyline main. <laughs> oh my gosh, so cool. I mean, you go pre game action, game one, Leyline into play, and then your the opponent's like, what, okay, uh, fine. And then you go land, pedal, ritual, ill gotten gains. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Boom, discard your hand. I get my best three cards back. <laughs> it's, so, it's so insane. But yeah, that was... Uh, I think it happened only two or three times and it was Magical Christmas Land all the way, but I loved it. I loved it. And yeah, therefore, I think... Um, although I don't really like to admit it, but I think uh, Dark Ritual is the, is the card that keeps... that is the glue to all my... Mm-hmm more competitive decks mm. and it's probably really really far ahead of the other cards in mm. terms of favorite magic card of all time yeah and also the next thing is i, I mean i'm talking all the time here but uh, i think it's okay um it has one of the greatest artworks of all time the mercadian yeah. masks yes with with the artwork from rebecca gay agreed and this is just so insane I really. I agree. I mean, you're a better of aficionado. You really like better yes. cards, but yes, I also uh, like better cards. Beta, beta, beta. It's beta. But I would also agree. I also have Macari masks, uh, dark rituals. Uh, I, I like the alpha and beta uh, artwork as well, the, the OG one. But this, it is in this case, it is I think very much okay to say okay, Mikado Mask is <laughs> yeah. the superior one, or the they're just more beautiful. Definitely, I can I can actually uh, relate to that what you have been saying because when I started playing Legacy, I was a lot, a lot of big Storm aficionado. I played a lot of Storm, and related to this, um, this gave me a lot of memories and when i think back at this time what i would consider like not really the the favorite magic card but my favorite combo is lions and diamond plus infernal tutor yeah these two cards in in in, in ant that you that you commonly would play is such a nicely fitting combo almost that completely invalidates all the downsides of each individual card it is yeah, just true. it is just when when you play Lions and Diamond plus Infernal Tutor, you just have Black Lotus plus uh, Demonic, Demonic Tutor. Tutor yeah. It is just such an amazing combo. And when you get to play this in Legacy, this was like a <laughs> But of course, um it changed a little bit, unfortunately. I would have loved to play more Storm, but it is not really it is tough. It is tough to play Storm. Um I haven't 
in that sense and right now i think it's very difficult for me to pick a favorite magic card but the closest one that i really like all the time if it's viable is just baleful strix oh, it is very great choice it, here, it is yeah. it is just the card that is always value removal a blue card that pitches the force it's just also kind of a glue that can any deck hold a little bit together when it plays blue and black and in my opinion has one of the best artworks in the game and it's also yeah. really nice balance Baleful yes. Strix was never overpowered and nope. it was never a weak card not even in this in this insane power creep that we experience all the time it it always has a spot in this and actually i gotta say it's very well designed and like perfect. you said the, it's, it's just the perfect card oh yeah I'm also already playing it in, in the Esper Stormlist, and it just does so much for for yeah for almost for, for no perfect, investment. Yeah, perfect. And and you're always happy to draw it. You're happy to have it in your opening hand. You're happy to cast it in the early game, in the mid game, whatever. It is always, always, always a good card. And it's the last bastion of fair mid range black. Yeah. There, there is no fair or, or not even mid so no fair black deck anymore and the only reason you would draw to fair black would be baleful streaks mm -hmm. yeah there, there's nothing more going on i mean it's it's very sad actually because black uh, fair decks were one of the backbones of the format uh pre-modern horizons one or two i'm not sure now. pretty sure yeah pre-modern yeah. pre horizons yeah pre-modern horizons were blue and black was the yeah the painful circle was the backbone of of, mm. of black yeah. fair car uh decks and yeah they're pretty much gone now and always when i'm uh, thinking about hey i want to brew something fair with uh, something fair then i go to jessica and then i'm thinking ah oh, maybe i want to have black in it and then it's like yeah what do i want to play black and the first card that comes to my mind is baleful streaks and then there's long time nothing <laughs> because black doesn't give us anything in the that we need in the current format but baleful streaks yeah. yeah and black is mostly situated <coughs> as a sideboard options but baleful streaks is such a gorgeous design of a card because yeah. it's like so good to see a card that is really good in in a value deck it pitches to force. force and the next thing is the card will never be oppressive because it isn't a threat no basically baleful strix is an answer that draws you a card and that is so fucking good of a design i'm so i'm so kind of well, very bummed that i cannot really play it at the moment in in cephalid breakfast at the moment because it's not needed that's uh very very much a bummer yeah, because Delva isn't that good. Yeah, anymore. it was it was so good against Delva initiative, and now it's not really. You can play it, but there are better options, and therefore, yeah. But whenever I can, I I I'm 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 going back to this card at the moment, if I can. So Peter, I we want to hear what your favorite magic card is. I was really thinking when when you talked about your cards, but I wanna take a little bit of time as well because i have like a, a lot of We've got uh, time. yeah a lot of different eras where i played magic because i basically started as a kitchen table scrub then i started to buying cards at an lgs and one of the first cards i bought for for my control deck the shop owner sold me delve of secrets so huh. in my only creatures in the control deck were four Delwolves. So <laughs> in your control deck. <laughs> it, it, it is an interesting control deck. Yeah, yeah, it was like really hard. Only counter spells and the four Delwolves sequence. But nice. then when I started playing uh, quote unquote competitively uh, at an LGS, I started like with modern Blue Red Delva, Grixis Delva. Then I come into Legacy, started with Blue Red Delva in Legacy back in the days. Uh, where it was bad um and then switched over to stifling basically then i was thinking yeah, maybe delva is my card but i'm off delva since like basically my starting days of legacy <laughs> yeah, then true. i thought like maybe dreadnought is basically my card because it was like i started around with the card it's so good i, I played but, now i'm pre-modern so, sorry a bit to interrupt 
just to make sure, I think it doesn't need to be a card that you play very much with. It's just yeah. a card that you like. Just, yeah. just to give I, you some... I, I will come around to the card. Okay, then, okay. then I had like the air with Breach and stuff like that. Yeah. But the cards that I now play since like one and a half or two years that glued all my current brews and decks together... Experimental synthesizer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this could uh, be, yeah. If, if it wouldn't be unplayable, it would maybe synthesize it. But <laughs> the card that glues most of my decks together is actually Witches, Witches Saga. Mm -hmm. Witches it's, Saga, wow. It's like, basically, this is the plan B engine in like all of my decks. I played like uh, the, the the synthesizer version of Painter there. It was like one of the best cards in there. And then in normal Painter or in the Black-White Helm deck, it's basically, I, I thought like maybe it's actually Esper, uh, Esper Sentinel. Mm -hmm which is a card I really, really enjoy. It's so good in design and stuff like that. But I actually think it's, it should be also Saga for me. It's like really well designed, really strong cards. I played it in, in Legacy. I've played it for my one departure in Vintage and the card is insane. It's really, really good. And yeah, therefore I will say with the Saga should be my main goal or oh, wow. my, my main card. Even though the paint engine is really, really good, but the deck is held together also by Witzer Saga. I, I would have thought you would say Goblin Welder. I would this, have this would bet be money on that. <laughs> it, Goblin Welder is, in, in my opinion, the best legacy one drop in its shell. <laughs> um, but I think Witzer Saga is just. A really really good card and you can crush so many decks with only Urzasaka because yes. it doesn't yeah, use the stack if you use as there is discussion around like the most broken land in legacy which is ancient tomb which is a really really good combo together with the card it's like yeah I find it very very impressive oftentimes when you just go okay I play my Urzasaka and then two turns later you have two three threes at minimum which is a very, very, like, respectful clock you have yeah. to... Yeah, and then you get a Moxopal, which is then the mana that you lost because of the land or stuff like that. It's that's, so good. Yeah, that's also why I'm always... Um, I'm not saying falling in love, but it's like, I want to play Riddler again. That That's always sort of the, the draw for <laughs> me to this deck. The story of his life. I want to play Riddler again. <laughs> yeah, all the time. I mean, I think... In each episode, we're talking about, oh, I want to play Riddle, I want to play Riddle. <laughs> I mean, you have to hold back. But uh, I simply can't get myself over it because uh, the, the lines are maybe too hard. Or not. I, don't, I don't know. It, but it I mean, can be also very yeah. fragile deck. Yeah. and then But then, you, like Peter said, you have, you have Urza's Saga in it. And it's just such an insane plan B. It's like, drop three bobbles, Moxopal, Urza's Saga turn one, pass. <laughs> oh, well... <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> your 7-7s seven beating you down. Bam! <laughs> and this is oftentimes what makes a really strong deck when you can just execute your plan B. Like, this is what you would normally do. Uh, when you have a combo deck, unless you are kind of, uh, you have your way free and you can just combo or do your stuff, whatever. But if you feel, okay, I need to play around of certain things, then it's very good. Okay, I just don't play Ursus Saga. Or yeah. whatever. And I'm just pumping out tokens now. And execute plan B like 90% of the time. Actually, it is. Yeah. For example, for Painter, um, I think it's it's not that you hardly go for the combo all the time. It's just, okay, let, let, let's just put a Painter into play and then see what happens. Yeah. Or I have now my Ursa Saga. Let's pump out a few tokens and attack with it. And suddenly... Your, your opponent is facing problems, they have to invest in, in dealing with this stuff, and then you go, okay, combo now. Yeah. yeah. And I think I, I'm currently at like between 20 and 30% of my wins with Painter. Oh, from are, Saga. No, are with the combo. Ah, okay. I'm mostly, yeah. I'm like 70% winning through combat damage yeah. in my combo deck. Yeah, I can yeah, yeah. Painter yeah. is a mid range deck. At the moment, yeah. yes. Speaking of that, maybe we should discuss also how this all blends into the current meta game. And you mentioned, since we're talking about Painter, this is probably one of the better decks at the moment. 
because there's not really much going on with Delva and yeah I actually gotta um, say it's difficult you know there's so many different decks at the moment yeah I, I, I'm really surprised by the bands that they took Delva so far down yeah I I underestimated the impact on the banning of expressive iteration. It's yeah. insane. This is just what what really, really broke the, you know, when you. I also also failed to see that, but now it completely makes sense when I think about it. You have this kind of distribu- distribution of of deck archetypes. Yeah. Tempo, control, mid range, whatever, and tempo is like you skimp your opponents out of reach, or you you you. You accelerate in resources in turns one to three, and then you really slow down in resources and in tempo, obviously. And this is where tempo is is heading. It it wants to take the advantage in the early turns, skimp the resources, or get really an advantage in 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 a virtual way of your opponent, and then win before your opponent takes over in value. And the problem is with Delva in the past, you have just expressive iteration at Mystic Sanctuary. You can refuel, you can really keep up with your opponent doing value driven stuff if you're playing against a mid range stick or control deck. And you can keep going on even if the early tempo approach did not work. And this is what really broke this tech deck archetype. And like it is uh, like a combo deck that can also grind. Or a combo deck that can also control or whatever in a very very effective way. This is something that should not be the case. Yeah, that's and true. this is what happened with Delva. Yeah, and currently the cards that are in discussion and replacing like expressive iteration, like the reckless simple and stuff like that, is like it's card advantage, but it's not as good. You you don't have the 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 choosing of the best two out of the next three. Uh, it's not static card adventures because it's like only for the next turn if it's counter spent and stuff like that it's really really bad um, so yeah and then you have like charter quests and stuff like that which is restricted card advantage it's very dependent on mm-hmm. your opponent and you will run out of fuel and if we have like talking about dark ritual tempo is basically the dark ritual version of like midrange yeah and now it really shines or it comes out in that way mm-hmm. because it's like it loses the grip of the on the game on turn, mm-hmm. I would say five. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, four probably, yeah. Something yeah. like this, yeah. And it's very, very interesting that uh, I mean, you really can clearly see, in my opinion, that the meta is like, well, like everything is possible. We have now this nicely written card here, staff of the storyteller. People are playing the deck and are five owing with this card. Because humility is so strong. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is this like half lingering souls, half how would you? Wait, what lingering souls? Tell, uh, show, yeah. me <laughs> show me the card. Show me the card. I'm in. I'm in. Stuff of the storyteller is basically an yeah. artifact for two mana. It's yeah. one white and one generic. Uh, when it comes into the battlefield, uh, when it enters the battlefield, you create a one-one white spirit token with flying. Uh, then it has an ability whenever a token creature, uh, a token creature, uh, whenever you create one or more creature tokens, tokens. Okay. you put a story counter on the stuff, and for one mana tap and remove one for story one counter, yeah, you get to draw a card. So it's like a hybrid between Lingering Souls and Think Twice, kind of. Yeah, because if you, and you have to tap it, yeah, you have to tap it, and of course it works. Kind of nicely. Is it in, an equipment? Because it's it is stuff? an artifact. Okay. It stays on the battlefield, and and therefore it is of course nice. It works <coughs> in multiples quite nicely because when you cast your second one, you create an, another one one, and both of the artifacts get a story counter, which equals to two cards. Then you can play oh, Shark Typhoon. Okay. You create a token, even though you create a Shark token yeah. with X zero because you only sacked it for twi- uh, two mana. Yeah, because yeah. the token uh, you, enters, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you get another story count and stuff like that. You you can draw a lot of cards, of course. So you're saying Mardu Pyromancer is again a possibility. <laughs> you I can try it. I think it is better than Lingering Souls. Yes. Uh, try it, uh, white and red. Yeah. Without the black. Yeah, probably without the black. Uh, yeah. And blue, probably. Yeah. Jessica. I would play the Mardu because just Mardu rocks. Okay. Just, just Mardu rocks. Okay. Um, and then just splash black, just really for maybe sideboard cards or 
or only for um, the flashback of Lingering Souls. Yeah, I, I, would, yeah, I would you, not you play. I would not play Lingering Souls. Why? I, would, I would just play. It is too much overload. First bad card. <laughs> this is my approach. This is. But uh, anyways, this card is not that is now the next broken shit. It's definitely not that. It's a nice value engine. Uh, you can play it with Stoneforge Mystic because when you put in Battlescale, you create a token that you can draw. Caldra is, is the same. So, yeah. uh, But this is obviously but it, very much a win more. Yeah, but yeah. You, can, you can also um, play it with Iconoclast because you play yeah. it, then you get an Iconoclast no. token. Yeah, but... When the cast yeah, is... Yeah, but, but that, that, doesn't, that doesn't matter because <laughs> that, you, you already fuel your Iconoclast. So it doesn't... This, it's not that... It's not that like it, it's not really a, It's not really a synergy per se, but it can work, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, when you have it on a battlefield, then at least this is a card that, yeah, your opponent likely won't really... It's remove. like Synthesizer. He won't remove it, but over the course of a game... It can do really good stuff. But Synthesizer, in my opinion, even better because this this create does it create a token when it leaves the battlefield? No. Synthesizer. Yes. No, only when you sack it. Okay. Uh, for okay, free okay. mana. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. It would have been yeah, broken yeah. otherwise and it would play it is, still. Is there a way to put these to blink these artifacts, to flicker these artifacts or or sure. put them in flicker wisp? Yeah, maybe a little bit more um You Mana can play efficient, splice like with it or something. <laughs> ephemerate can only tank creatures. Yeah, that, that's what I want to say. Is the question like... is, would you invest a two, like like an extra card for for an effect that is already mediocre? Ah, yeah, that's you know, true. And, and, and because a one-one is just a one-one for two mana. You can play it with Eldrazi. Um, how, how is it called? Uh, the Dis White Eldrazi. Displacer? Displacer. Which Or can target creatures. Oh, fuck. It's it. just creatures, yeah. Yeah, for artifacts there's not a, a lot a of blink. bouncing and blinking. I, I, I would not go in, into like synergy with this card. It's it is just in a control deck as an as a value card. You yeah. can play it in painter with goblin welder. You can, you can. But you, you can need white, it out and but you need white mana to activate mm. to draw the cards and stuff like that. I mean, it, really? it, it works yeah. in your uh, you in need your one. red black uh, red you know red white and short uh, uh, in, in plateau. In, what in about the, in, plateau? In the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, the best duel of legacy confirmed again. We, we talked I mean, about it. Yeah, we, we talked about it, and and you need kind of uh, the, the 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 mana to do it. Yeah. And I mean, the 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 downside of the the synthesizer version for painter was like sometimes in the mid game you had nothing to do with like seven mana that you had. There it could be good, but the problem you is have like no case you, you 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 don't have case defiler. And uh, you need to, to arrive at the point with the stuff and mana available. And I mean, in theory, it's good together with Urza Saga and stuff like that, uh, with the, the, the token from the synthesizer. But I, I think it's like too far away from the main concept of the deck. Yeah, probably, yeah. I can totally see this. Maybe we can brew something up like uh, Golden Weather Token deck. <laughs> with synthesizer and this this kind of uh, I we, we have yeah to... I'm dreaming I'm dreaming again uh, let me let me just you can just go ahead dream. and then I will tweak it and remove like every every card that you put in and then it's suddenly it's Delva <laughs> then, then it's Delva yeah I mean you, you you should look at these Jeskai control versions that are out there it, it it has some results but overall also the opinion is a lot yeah it's like mediocre or all, it, also bad it's it okay is, it's okay yeah. I mean yeah. Trunks and Marcus Ewald loves the card mm. which is it uh, sh should show you yeah I also uh, have the deck it's, the, it's the Peter really from from him it's a great deck but it's it's very a very specific playstyle yeah. and Brian Coble also have has like two or three videos done already with stuff of the storyteller um, and it's great. Um, Mark Eric Vogt also plays the card nowadays, or or tries it at least. He bought a, mm. a lot of those actually off on car market. Yeah, I've, uh, see, I've seen the tweet. <laughs> He's about 40 to 50 or something. Yeah, because they sell now for more than they cost. Uh, but yeah, for for the meta currently, it's like a little bit of an interesting space mm. right after the banning, as always. Yeah. Uh, Proactive is always better in this case. 
we've seen a resurgence of the four color piles with uh, a lot more um, libraries which oh, yeah. used are used in the expressive iteration slots so yeah will be an interesting will be time interesting. to play absolutely and yeah you know what i'm feeling right now all the time that peter talked to i, I felt like this this cat meme where the cat sits on a table and reads, uh, reads the newspaper yeah. and it's like i'm the cat and i should play with <laughs> 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 it um yeah I think we couldn't now talk about... Um, Actually, the episode is now is done, but we... Yeah, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, we have let's, one big, one yeah, big let, problem coming up, actually. Yeah, I, I would say... Well, I don't know what you would, would say, but I would just wanted to talk about the set that will now enable Tamagotchi to be a 910. Yeah. You so mean, I, I, of, that, that's what I want to say. Yeah. It's a problem now because we can't play Legacy this Friday because of... This shit. Yeah. Because okay, of mom. Today. Because of mom, because of your mother. No. <laughs> March of the machines. Which brings a new card type into magic. The and therefore pumps Goyf to an item. <clears throat> Which is this a good enough buff to the card no. that it will so. Do you have seen the spoilers? Are there any legacy yeah. playable battles? Uh, I've seen one, I can show you. Is it, is this the rummage one? The, the no, the the, the uh, red one, the the red, the siege of Tokyo or invasion of Tokyo. Am I right? Um, it is no, it is, it is, it is. <laughs> let, me, let me just look. But let's introduce battles to you guys. Battles is now a permanent card type that you play for a set amount of mana, uh, and you basically enchant mm. an opponent or you force your opponent to protect the card. It has like a loyalty amount, and when the card dies, uh, you get to cast the backside, which are like 90% creatures. Um, so it's basically a planeswalker to your opponent's side that will give you the benefit when they die. Uh, you can target the cards with like lightning bolts and stuff. B basically, any card that says deal damage, target gets damage, or you deal target, uh, you deal damage to target, uh, you can target a battle with and basically clear it and get the benefit from the backside which are powerful sorceries or good creatures it is actually the card yes invasion of Tarkir that uh, ha, I was right um, yeah I mean it's like um, two mana of course it has five loyalties or, or whatever yeah, it is five five damage uh, when invasion of Tarkir enters the battlefield reveal any number of dragon cards from your hand, when you do Invasion of Target deals X plus 2 damage to any target where X is the number of cards revealed this way. So it is just, uh, you know, reveal your Merktad engine. Uh, Merktad? Merktad? Uh, what, what is the... It's region? one red and one generic? Yeah. Okay. So it's basically like a lightning bolt if you have a Merktad region or a shock. Mm. Uh, and it has five... Toughness, basically. Yeah, and then it transforms into a 4-4 flying trample, and whenever the dragon you control attacks, it deals 2 damage to any target, and it itself is a dragon. It is a threat. I think so, yeah. But this, like, front side and the investment that you have to do, yeah. it's like 2 mana, a lightning bolt at best. And the problem is, like, the 5 toughness on the, on the yeah. battle side. If it would be 3, it would be... I would play it, because... Then you can play like one of the battles and with the next battle, basically, when you have another dragon in hand, you can shoot the battle to death. Yeah. And then you get the, the dragon and your opponent gets another thing and you would enable with another dragon attack to, to, to clear the battle. Um, mm -hmm. But with five, it's, it's like it's too big because you need like in Delva two attacks to clear it with with any of your creatures yeah, basically way too um, much so it's i mean on the front it's it looks at least playable but fringe playable it's it's like if you play it in if you play a rug version maybe i would try it as a one-off it's if it's in your graveyard you mill it with a dragon channel it pumps your golf um it can clear 
noble hierarch of your opponent or any delva or dragon witch channeler most likely um and the, the and thing the, is x can't be null sorry i slipped into german um, um it deals at least two damage to to any target no x can't Ah, X can be in zero. Sorry, sorry, sorry. X can be zero. Yes, so it deals two damage. Yeah. At least two damage, which clears like yeah. a lot of stuff. And if you play a rug version of Painter, uh, Painter of Delva, uh, you can clear the, the, the five toughness with one attack. If you have like a yeah. Mishra's um, Bobbin Graveyard and but a like, few other stuff. It's or a not really, Goose with Threshold. It's not really, really strong. No. But I can see... It's to be dried out as a as one a or two. One off yeah. instead of Tarfire, probably. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a better Tarfire. It's be a better Tarfire, yeah. No, I, nah, dis- no, no, I, I no, disagree. I disagree. Because it costs one more, yeah. Yes. Ah, that's true. It's not a better Tarfire. <laughs> it's but it's another Tarfire because they're very different, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but I think this whole concept of battles is not really really meant for competitive play. Because, really. you know, investing a card that you have to invest more resources into it is something that doesn't work in Magic. And, and that's one problem I have with battles. Looking five years into the future, what if there are battles where the front side is really, really strong? And mm-hmm. the toughness is too low for the backside. That will happen. That, that will happen that will for, for sure. sure. Um, and that can, can be right. Read a problem. If Kurt, it's a balancing, f- yeah. and we will we will say we call that back on. Okay, it's it's now the tenth of April two thousand and twenty-three, and it's now twenty uh, nine. Nine. Yeah, p.m. it's nine o'clock. It's nine o'clock. Okay, nine p.m. Yeah. And and basically the card is like. Um, yeah, it will be interesting. The concept is, on the one hand, really interesting, but but the problem is like, it basically heals your opponent for at least five. Yeah, because this is five damage. Exactly, it, it's a life gain for your opponent. That's yeah. just so. And uh, yeah. invigorate is good because infect operates on it, not on life. Yeah. On on, on po- it operates on poison counters, so invigorate isn't. Uh, it's not not a bad card. Um, there are, I mean, I tried a little bit of Kavu Predator style decks. Yeah. And these decks are just are simply aren't good enough because you give your opponent the life. Yeah. Even if even if the the life gain to your opponent is uh, a net positive for you, it's still life. It's still too much. It's still too much life for opponent, and yeah. this these battles are feel like an even worse uh, yeah. thing for you as a player that plays them. Yeah, and that's the that's the interesting task for them in the in the design of the cards, how to construct the front side that um, the back side can't be too broken. You have to adjust the toughness and stuff like that. And if you remember, sometimes when you play planeswalkers. I'm playing a Teferi, uh, not a Teferi or a Narset. Even if they kill it, it's at least plus three or plus four life gain yeah. because it's not damage that they get into my face. Yeah. And therefore, the battles are like you put a Planeswalk on your opponent's side or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like with Teferi. Um, <laughs> there are so many situations where you just put your Teferi into play, minus it draw a card, bounce something from your opponent, and then then it, it will eat um, two damage. And it's just so insane. You happily trade your Tefri yeah, for this. Yeah, All absolutely. that time. Yeah. And it's the same with the battles. I mean, yeah, you get some small up... Uh, you get you get uh, a small, small upside, and then you give your opponent the, the life. Uh, yeah. it's, I don't think it's... Yeah, at the really moment, at the moment, playable. not. Yeah, but yeah, as you all said, I think it would be a matter of a time, of time, or you know, the the, the point uh, at which battles are really good would be when the front side alone is valuable enough to play it. Yeah, and that the back side is just bonus <coughs> that you may want to have whatever, or that is just completely broken. This back side that you really want to invest, or you have you have some kind of. Um, combo going on where you mm-hmm. shoot your own permanent with damage 
and you get an upset like like if they mm. print the creature with uh deal 10 damage to one of your permanents and then uh, draw a card and it's ex extremely like out out uh costed or uh, like uh, in in terms of stats then yeah. yeah basically if you have like a four or five drop that comes into the battlefield and says it deals five damage to all targets or something like that. Yeah, something. Then you go no, battle, man, battle, battle, battle. And I, then I would rather think of, I don't know, a one mana 3-3 three, three that says it deals five damage to one of your permanents. Yeah, yeah. something like that. This yeah. is like a one mana 3-3, three, three, extremely like very, but it has this downside that you now turn into an upside. Something like this could, but of course, yeah. It's still rather, uh, yeah, iffy. It depends what they print. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. Um. What are yeah. you holding in your hand right now? Just another card that I that popped up. Uh, I think a world it, champion. Yes, uh, a world champion is uh, coming into the set. Um, Yuta uh, Takashi uh, got his uh, world champion card, Fairy Mastermind, in the set. Uh, a two-one uh, fairy ro rogue, flash flying, and whenever an opponent draws their second card each turn, you draw a card, and for four mana. It is an activated ability that says each player draws a card. Which I is think, really good of a design. Yes. I would have loved that this would be a 3-1 because it reminded me a little bit of Vendillion Click or... And then it would have to cost like three. two blue and a generic. No, I think yeah. maybe for two... Uh, of course, for flash two... Fly. A flash flying 3-1 for two. <laughs> this would be very good. You've cast too many brainstorms, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> the storm in your I would brain, have loved this. I, I think it would be fine. But, you know, we have a one-mana one 3-2 flying. And no flash, but... Delve of Secrets. Yeah, and the one mana free for you flying just surveils. Exactly. <laughs> so But this one draws I guess, cards. I guess but this one draws cards, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. <laughs> no, it is it is fine. Um I don't think it will be like a staple card, but it's it's close to maybe it makes fairies a real deck in <laughs> Pioneer. Do you know against which card this one is really, really strong? Against which card? Uro. Uro, oh yeah. yeah. It's yeah, so I mean, strong in Delver versus Uro decks. I guess any any uh, control deck. I mean, basically any Ponderains yeah. deck. To be honest, <laughs> uh, it it's on itself. It just counters brainstorm. Brainstorm on your opponent's turn. Yeah, it doesn't counter. No, but no, but it negates the the um, the, the the card basically well, because you draw an additional card whenever your opponent brainstorms. Yeah. Yes. But this doesn't really negate brainstorm. No, it say. negate is a wrong. It's a counter to brainstorm in itself because it draws you cards. You gain card advantage when your opponent casts a brainstorm. Your opponent of gets course. card uh, course, yeah. filtering yeah. and you, you get, get card, card advantage. advantage. Something like this. Yes, <laughs> of course, of course. I can see it maybe in the sideboard as a two of. Yeah. I, I would I would play it maybe as a one. As a good one-off in the main, and an additional <laughs> you know, one in the side or something uh, like that. I'm feeling a little bit of a story here because <laughs> oftentimes when we are talking about this, yeah, maybe a little bit of good card, <laughs> it often ends up as a one-off in in the deck. I'm wondering when we all add up this to one deck, we have like a deck full of one-offs of this then kind of can, cards. Then we can play Lutri in the board. Lutri, is such a cool design. We have to talk about Lutri because it. It's basically a card that was punished the most when they, the changed the campaign, yeah. when they changed the companion rules. Because the card of the design is like really, really cool. And I would have loved to try him in Vintage or in Legacy. But it is not possible with the card. It's no, just not it's possible a... with the additional free mana. Because it's like you cast a Brainstorm and then you pay another free and get your hamster out of the board and you get another brainstorm it would be awesome but if you have to pay three men and then cast a brainstorm and another three men is like fuck that, the shit that yep. was just not good enough but i think we are now in shambles while talking do we want to say our upcoming tournaments um basically quickly yeah we have we start with the small one we have the the elm qualifier in graz at the 29th of april then we have we also have the second one of uh, Vienna I already said is the 20th of May it's the 20th 20, the 20th of May uh, this will be the second uh, yeah I'm qualifier of the 3 for 1 trading um, 
Ja, yeah. so again, in Vienna, yeah. uh, 1K. And we have the, we already did the big announcement, we have the Austrian Legacy Masters on the 28th yes. to 13th of July yes. in Linz at the game yeah. store. Slots are still open, make sure yeah, to tell your friends and get up a group. Actually, the slots are uh, are halfway through. Yes. So we're, we're a cat of 64 people and... The one half of them is already gone, so, so and we are three months in. With so, the current amount, we can guarantee one k on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true, and we have free um, free events planned for you. It's a Friday night magic on on Friday, yeah, and the main event on Saturday, and also another legacy. We hope it goes over one k on Sunday. Will be all broadcasted yeah. live by the in response crew. I don't know, Peter, what is your plan actually? We haven't really talked about this. Maybe uh, <laughs> most likely you will be on the streaming bracket. bracket so. Really? I, f- I thought you will be playing. Yeah. At I least mean, in the main event. Uh, I mean, I can, pretty sure you will be playing. I can play in the main event and when I'm be. And when I will be oh, yeah. free, I will join you guys. Of course. Oh, that sounds, that sounds uh, nice that sounds actually. Nice, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I won't take a spot away from the guys that want to play, but. If there is space open, I will most likely join in to the yeah, tournament. Yeah, I can see myself um, playing in the Sunday, in, uh, in the Sunday uh, Legacy Classic that we're calling it. So Derek uh, could maybe make room for you if you want. We want to stream this. I will definitely stream the whole week. I will definitely and- stream the main event on Friday. Maybe I'll take Sunday off. Depends. Mm-hmm. Depends what my fans will want to see. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, we, we will try to make this a uh, little bit of a party for you on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Austria underscore legacy. And yeah, hopefully we will see you there. Absolutely. Also, you can also catch up, catch us up at the upcoming Four Seasons event that is happening in June. Beginning of June, we will be traveling there with a small group of Linz guys. Um, make sure to say hi. Oh yeah! Can if, you, definitely... if you want to have an autogram, um, <laughs> autograph, <laughs> an autograph, an autograph on your favorite piece of clothing or your favorite piece of cardboard, you will see Phil standing there with a big sign. I will sign anything. Yeah, <laughs> <In> your boobies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, free signings and free hugs. Free, free hugs are always free. Free hugs. Free hugs are always great. Nothing else. Free yeah, hugs. we will also. Yeah, and I think... See you in Bologna. See you in Bologna. See you there, guys. I won't be there, but <laughs> I will see the stream, most likely. <laughs> Maybe we can put one of us up on stream this time. It would be great. Uh, we can all we can for sure talk with them. Mm-hmm. Or you can try to win the tournament, Phil. <laughs> no, I won't. I will... Tr- I, actually, I gotta say, I think... I have more chance of being on stream if I talk to them for the being on stream on the first round than being on stream by my own um, achievement. Achievement, yeah. Yeah, I think also. So, I mean, yes. Daniel, for you, it's like you go there with a really good deck. I mean, not that you go there purposefully <laughs> with with bad deck, but yeah, your current main deck is really, really well positioned in the meta, yeah. which is quite true. Yeah. And yeah, I wish you guys both good luck. But we will have like one or two podcasts <laughs> still until still then, upcoming. Yeah, sure. yeah, it's it's still two months. But anyway, today today we um, booked our, our our train. The train, yeah. So how much we, is the train? Hundred and ten. Both. Both both directions, yeah. Which is really good. Yeah, it's really cheap. Yeah. Got okay. got found a, found a really nice deal. Um, and also time is wise it, is it the night train bad. or no, no Friday in the morning no uh, Thursday we are there from Thursday till Monday okay so you m- got a really cheap Monday train because Monday trains are usually really expensive really Monday trains yeah. are expensive when I first uh, started searching for trains it was like 50 euros for the Friday or Thursday train and 80 for the Monday train back okay yeah that is a little bit it was fine this time depends i think when you are on the time and stuff like that mm-hmm. and how far away the, the booking is mm-hmm. yeah because we are heading home at half 
half twelve, half past eleven. Okay, which is good. Yeah. But but um, yeah, I think we have more time to talk about this in the next episode. And if you want to keep updated with our traveling and also our Friday Night Magics and everything magic related. Just follow us on Twitter or on any social media. It's at response underscore legacy. You can find me on Twitter. It's finnickmtg, P-H-I-N-E-K-M-T-G, and all my shitty takes. Where can we find you, Daniel? <laughs> um, you can also find me on Twitter. It is at flyingdelver. And Peter, where we can find you? You can find me on Twitter. It's at unicornlord, but the O in the Lord is a zero. And with that... In response, the this was in response a legacy podcast. If you enjoyed the ride, feel free to support the show by following, leaving a review, or subscribe on Patreon. Com slash response underscore legacy.